in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Still early, but our streets are already wet this morning and we're continuing to get more rain here in Central Texas. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. Kristen is here with a look at how the rain is gonna affect the start of our work week. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be wet, I think, for the drive as we're dropping off the kids at school this morning. So raincoat, a very good idea. Let me get you to the radar here. You can see the light rain, some pockets of moderate rain, mainly favoring our far eastern counties in hill country. We're kind of sandwiched in between right now, but we did see some rain overnight. Most of us, uh, I would say, who did see rain, just a few hundreds of an inch, so not heavy, not a big problem, but I encourage you to slow those speeds and keep that raincoat with you today, because it's not just going to be a morning event, although we will see the majority of the showers this morning. We could still see some of these rain showers stick around for your afternoon. Live look outside, Lorenz and Lorenz 360 camera got a good cloud blanket stretched overhead right now. Temperatures in the 50s, but this is where we should be. We should be in the low to mid 50s this time of year in the morning, and that's what I'm seeing across most of Central Texas this morning. Looking forward, highs will struggle today. Not going to see sunshine, intermittent rain here and there. So we're talking low 60s, very similar to what you felt yesterday. And like I said, rain chances best this morning. Those will slowly come down through the afternoon. And today actually looks to be the best day for rain. We hit a dry stretch and a warming trend heading into the work week here. So a lot to discuss when it comes to that brand new seven day forecast. I've got that for you coming up in your first morning weather. Thank you, Chris, and we have some breaking news from overnight. A person is dead and another injured in a shooting in North Austin. Police got the call around 1130 last night when they went to the home off of Aspen Street. One person was dead and another injured. The person was taken to the hospital, the injured person. There are no suspects at large, but police do not have anyone in custody. They do, however, tell us there is no danger to the public. Support continues to pour in for Austin police officer Jorge Pastor, who died in the line of duty during a hostage situation on Saturday. A gunman shot and killed Pastor while he was trying to free hostages in a South Austin home. That shooting injured another officer who police leaders say is now in stable condition. They say the suspect and two people inside the home died at the scene. Dozens gather outside City Hall Sunday honoring that fallen officer, the president of the Austin Police Association, shedding some light on what kind of person he was. He regularly worked overtime to help his police family and other shifts downtown. He was part of a team that constantly stands guard against any potential active shooter. He trained hard to become part of our SWAT team. He helped others, supported his friends, and did it all while smiling. During Sunday's vigil, some wrote uplifting messages to APD, giving them words of encouragement during this difficult time. Several officers were also there at the vigil, including interim police chief Robin Henderson. Going in depth on this, SWAT teams are specially trained to handle crisis situations. Those include hostage situations. The Department of Justice says training involves countering ambushes, clearing danger areas, neutralizing snipers, and freeing hostages. It's high pressure training, all becoming more intense in a real life hostage situation with SWAT officers often facing life threatening danger. 
Let's go to Capitol Hill now, where House Republicans have unveiled their plan to avoid a government shutdown this week. House Speaker Mike Johnson opted to go with a two-step continuing resolution over a more typical funding extension that would cover the entire federal government. Now, under the two-step strategy, several spending bills would be extended until January 19th, while the remaining bills would go on a continuing resolution until February 2nd. The plan does not include budget cuts or aid for Israel. It is designed to avoid a messy showdown right now before the holidays and more time to pass individual spending bills. The House is expected to vote as early as tomorrow. Thousands of people appear to have fled from Gaza's largest hospital. Comes as Israeli forces and Palestinian militants are battling outside its gates. However, health officials say hundreds of patients, including dozens of babies, remain there inside at risk of dying now because of a lack of electricity. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said yesterday, I'll meet the press, that Al-Shifa Hospital had refused an offer of fuel from his country, though NBC News has not been able to verify that with the hospital. Netanyahu also said there could be a deal to free hostages held by Hamas. NBC News' Josh Lederman has the latest report ahead of the Today Show this morning. The U.S. is stepping up its efforts to try to free those hostages from the Gaza Strip. A top White House envoy heading here to Israel and to Qatar to try to broker a deal. As the U.S. says it believes there may be nine Americans brought to Gaza as hostages, but doesn't know how many of them at this point are still alive. And the health care situation in the Gaza Strip continuing to deteriorate more and more hospitals out of service. The World Health Organization is now calling for an immediate ceasefire, saying that the largest hospital in Gaza is no longer functioning. They say the situation is perilous. We'll have much more coming up on today. Coming up right here on KXAN News Today, why investigators need your help this morning finding any suspects in connection to a shooting at a flea market here in Texas. Hundreds of child care facilities fighting to stay open amid high costs just caught a big break. The changes coming to the schools and when you can see them go into effect. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to KXAN News Today. Here's a live look outside to give you an idea what your Monday is looking like. Kristen is here with the chances of your rain forecast and the rest of your work week up ahead. But investigators need your help this morning trying to find any suspect in connection to a shooting that happened at a flea market in Texas. A child is dead, four others in the hospital after being shot last night. Happened at a flea market in Pearland outside Houston. Police say the shooting wasn't random and it's possible there were two shooters. Our investigators are interviewing people that were involved, victims that were involved, to ascertain exactly what happened. All right, but it's uh, at this time, it's, there's no one in custody for this, uh, for this shooting. We're working to identify exactly, working to identify who's responsible for this, for this act today. Perlin police say the shooter or shooters remain at large amid an active investigation. A person is still recovering this morning after a small plane crashed into a car in North Texas over the weekend, injuring that person. Investigators say the single-engine plane crashed into a fence, then hit a car. Happened as it failed to reach the runway during an emergency landing. You see the damage to that car there. First responders took one person to the hospital with minor injuries. Federal Aviation Administration and National Transportation Safety Board are investigating. Looking at a process known as clean scanning, why local law enforcement is in a war of words with the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. The amount of near misses at Austin's airport in the last year is sounding alarms. What Austin City Council members say they're doing about it. Good morning. We've got an injury update on a key 
player for the Longhorns football team and the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans handle business. That's later in sports. Keep it in. Good morning. This is a live look from Buda, a rock and dirt yard camera, and we're seeing uh, a few showers throughout central Texas this morning. Kristen tracking where they're falling in just a bit. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning. The Cowboys have had the Giants number this season, dominating New York, only allowing 17 points in both of their meetings. Here's how it went down at AT&T Stadium. Mike McCarthy dialing up something creative. Would you imagine that? They call it a tornado sweep, and C.D. Lamb was on the receiving end of it. He runs in for the touchdown. 7-0 Cowboys, that was his second career touchdown run. Second quarter, same score. Dak Prescott on the play action, finding Jake Ferguson for the touchdown in the back of the end zone. 14-0 Cowboys. Prescott throwing it a little deeper this time, finding Michael Gallup on the 41-yard touchdown pass. 35-7 Dallas. Four touchdowns, 404 yards on the day for Prescott. Cowboys win at 49-17 to improve to 6-3. and three. The Texans in Cincinnati trying to take out the Bengals and what a day for C.J. Stroud once again. Fourth quarter, Houston up by three. Stroud, he's going to keep it himself to put them up by 10. 27-24, Bengals driving. Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd for the go-ahead touchdown. Nope, he dropped it. They would have to settle for a field goal to tie it. Final 15 seconds. Stroud finding Noah Brown for the completion. He breaks two tackles and gets down to the 21, that sets up a Matt Amendola field goal from 38. Good. And with that, Houston wins 30-27 to 27 to improve to 5-4 and four on the year. What a turnaround for the Texans so far. All right, college football, Jimbo Fisher was relieved of his duty Sunday. Fisher was in his sixth season at the helm of the Aggies program. Texas A&M proved to 6-4 and four on the year with a blowout of Mississippi State, 51-10, to 10, but that wasn't enough to save him. Fisher went 45 and 25 overall. Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork said Sunday the program was stuck in neutral under Fisher. This move cost A&M more than $75 million. That's Fisher's buyout. And finally, news for the Texas Longhorns. Jonathan Brooks, their star running back, he will be out for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. He suffered that injury in Saturday night's victory at TCU. Steve Sarkeesian will address uh, that and uh, discuss more on the Longhorns coming up in his news conference today at 11 a.m. We'll have coverage of all of that and reaction to the injury from Sark coming up on KXAN News at 6. That does it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Jonathan Thomas, my apologies. I went to college with him. I should uh, remember his first name. We're going behind the scenes here on KXAN of Sunday Night Football. Last night it was the Raiders with a 16-12 victory over the Jets. And while they each had 53 players on their game day roster, another 16 players are part of the team in a special unsung role that often gets overlooked. When I was younger, in my career, I saw it as a punishment. But as I get older and you see teams win, you see talented guys on the practice squad, and those practice squad players are giving those valuable looks. You may have heard of the practice squad, but even for those who are familiar with the teammates who don't get a uniform on game day, you may be surprised to learn that many across the NFL are still very active on the sidelines every Sunday. NBC's Stephanie Goss gets a firsthand look at the Jets practice squad why these guys are the ultimate teammates. 
I love that. <laughs> I love that they shine a light on those who, who maybe don't necessarily get the limelight all the time, yeah. but yeah. have a very important role in the game. Yeah, I mean, no. they're the reason that, that the, the offense knows what the other team's defense is doing and, yeah. and vice versa, too. Very cool. Look for that story later this morning. Okay, let me show you what's going on with radar. Hey, we got rain, y'all. Rain up in the hill country, rain in our eastern counties, dry as far as what's falling from the sky here in Austin Metro. However, we got some rain overnight, so the streets are going to be wet on your morning drive. You know what to do. Extra five minutes to allow yourself to slow the speeds on your way into work or school this morning. Rock and Dirt Yard camera there in Buda, looking pretty good. Cloudy sky, 52, so it is on the cooler side this morning. Make sure you've got that coat with you because our temperatures will struggle to recover today. We're in the 50 to start, low 60s to finish. Rain chances look great this morning, but they will start to taper on us getting into the later afternoon and evening. I think this computer model has the best handle on what's going on right now. So I like what it's showing for the later part of this morning. Spotty to scattered, very light rain, maybe even drizzle for most of us. And then you'll notice through lunchtime, still tracking some rain. Maybe we get a second little round here coming into the later afternoon. But it is likely that these will slowly start to taper into this evening and into tonight. So it's going to be, I, I wouldn't say a steady rain, but kind of like hit and miss light rain showers here and there. That being said, emphasis on the light. This is not the biggest soaking we've ever seen, clearly, right? Very light accumulations, no flooding concern, no severe weather. Just a wet, cloudy day as our disturbance moves through. Behind it, you'll notice this ridge here, the, the dome of those lines. That is going to be a warming trend that gets underway here starting really tomorrow, and then we're going to take it all the way through the later half of the week, which means upper 60s tomorrow afternoon. We get our 70s back Wednesday. That's actually where we should be this time of year in, uh, as far as the low to mid 70s go. So our seven-day forecast, just today's probably going to be the coolest and wettest day of the next seven with that 60% chance of on and off light rain for the most part. Mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, more sunshine expected Wednesday, Thursday. We're looking pretty good here into the start of the weekend, but maybe another storm on the way Sunday, Monday. We'll see. I'm, I'm going conservative with the rain chances now at 20%, but I think there's going to be a sneaky little cold front coming in here, which is why temperatures only come down maybe one to two degrees. Overnight lows far above freezing for the next six to seven days. We're waking up to 50s most mornings. Do you think TCEQ is treating this as a serious problem? I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because it's been going on since 2017. Local law enforcement in a war of words with the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. Following our reporting, the agency says it wants to learn why investigators believe 5 million vehicles were illegally inspected last year. It's a process known as clean scanning. The scheme is where fraudulent emissions tests are registered as official records with the state. But as KXN investigator Matt Grant reports, the about-face call for a face-to-face -face comes after the agency's chairman called the calculations a dramatic overstatement. We need to step up and have an overdramatic response to this, okay? Yeah, you may say that it's overdramatic, but again, you don't have all the numbers. In my opinion, you just have part of that puzzle. We have a little bit more of that puzzle. We've been working in it. 
Sergeant Jose Escribano with the Travis County Constable Precinct 3 Clean Air Task Force has worked on fraudulent emissions inspection cases since 2017. That's a clean scan. He led this sting operation in Austin just last month and is considered one of the leading experts in the state, which is why he isn't happy. And I'm wondering what your response is to that. When we showed him what TCEQ Chairman John Neerman had to say. He's reading off of a script. I'm not reading off of a script. I'm reading off of experience. We stand behind what we said. In this email to KXAN, Neerman called Escribano's estimate, quote, not credible. He declined our request for an on-camera interview. Escribano says his team came up with the five million figure based on confidential law enforcement analysis. We're looking at something a lot deeper than that that I really can't discuss here because that information, of course, we're using it and so is DPS to go ahead and continue their investigations. In response, a TCEQ spokesperson told us, we do not know what confidential parameters he may be referencing, nor how any parameters appropriately applied could yield a number anywhere near 5 million vehicles annually. Accordingly, we see an opportunity to learn from the sergeant if he is willing to disclose his calculations to us. We plan to contact him directly. We would welcome to have that opportunity and then, you know, see if, you know, whose numbers are correct. Regardless, TCEQ's own numbers still point to widespread fraud. Since the start of 2022, TCEQ data we obtained identified more than one and a half million likely clean scans. This week, Escribano met with the Texas Department of Public Safety to discuss new ways to collaborate and share information when it comes to stopping fraud. It has to make you wonder. We have the right to ask the question, why hasn't this stopped? As we first reported this week, the Travis County Tax Office says until the state can, quote, get a handle on the fraud, it will only accept vehicle inspection reports for cars subject to emissions testing from Travis and Williamson counties. We reached out to the three areas law enforcement told us uh, has the highest volume of clean scans taking place. Tax offices in Dallas and Harris County say staff there are trained to detect counterfeit vehicle inspection reports, but neither said anything specifically about clean scans. El Paso County says it doesn't have a specific program in place to detect fraud and generally does not reject inspections. Matt Grant, KXAN Investigates. Thank you, Matt. Safety inspections are going away, by the way, in the year of 2025, but emissions inspections, which Escribano is focusing on, still required in 17 Texas counties in order to meet the federal clean air standards. He's now contacting lawmakers, and he wants to make it easier to prosecute criminals who are passing vehicles illegally for profit. We'll let you know, of course, what happens. Hundreds of child care facilities fighting to stay open, and it's amid high costs. Just caught a break, though a tax break. Texas voters approved a proposition last week. Austin City Council gave the go-ahead to get a tax break to the child care facilities. This could really be a game changer too. It's going to start next year. It impacts about 100 schools where families need tuition help. Sam Stark explains what will change. Alejandra Gardner runs a South Austin preschool. Since the pandemic, things have been tough. The biggest challenge is getting staff. You can see that Dairy Queen, Target, they're all paying 20 bucks, or they're saying they're paying $20 
an hour start like starting rate and we just can't compete with that. The strain forced them to increase tuition on a couple of occasions. A tough situation for parents, especially when over half of Alejandra's students use tuition subsidies. So they get upset and I understand it and like I try my best to like explain like this isn't something we want to do, but in order for us to maintain what we have to, we have to do it. The childcare programs work on razor thin profit margins. They collect revenue from whatever families can pay in tuition from the reimbursement rates from the state subsidies, which we know were insufficient to cover the costs of being very high quality. The new legislation passed Tuesday will make it easier for some facilities, but organizations such as Success by Six with the United Way Austin say the work is far from done. We still need to find ways to get more public dollars invested in childcare to stabilize the workforce and to increase the capacity of our community. Alejandra says the new law will make it easier to enroll more kids on subsidized tuition. It's like I tell my staff all the time, like, guys, this is a hard job, but it's more of a heart job. With this bill, like, we won't have to have so much of the heart and stress and stuff, because this will alleviate some of that and be able to really focus on the heart part of it. Sam Stark, KXAN News. That measure called for cities to have at least a 50% exemption. However, Austin City Council went farther, deciding to make it a 100% exemption. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for being with us. Here's what we're tracking at 5. As a government shutdown looms, House Republicans reveal their plan to avoid it. How much time the new plan would buy?